Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show here. And uh, hope everyone had a really nice, uh, relaxing weekend. It uh, was pretty low key for me. We didn't have too much other than catching up on some uh, some housework, and uh, we had soccer game on Saturday. We got our first win, and uh, I guess the league doesn't really track that yet. But uh, I guess I kind of do. But <laughs> anyhow, uh, so that was definitely nice. But uh, yeah, there was still a rough end of the week on the market, and overall. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to make money in the market. And unlike sports where there's a clean or clear winner loser, um, you know, the market, there's a lot of different ways to be winning and, uh, a lot of different ways to be making money. But, uh, this week was definitely a tough one. So if you had a short position, if you were betting against the market in any which way, shape or form, uh, you probably did. Okay. Uh, I know there were some bright spots. I know we had, uh, that, that call from Starbucks at, uh, Took Starbucks higher, but uh, ultimately a lot of these numbers that kept coming in were just not what we wanted to hear. Uh, and then it got worse on Friday. We had uh, Raj Subramaniam come out from FedEx and ultimately say that things were getting worse over there. He uh, went on to you know kind of cut guidance and uh, show some different numbers that looked pretty, pretty poor. And uh, ultimately, they're going to be in a cost savings mode. They're looking for ways to cut back. They're trying to, you know, keep the shareholders happy. But, uh, you know, last quarter, they, this new CEO came in. They, they raised uh, the dividend. They did some more buybacks. They ultimately were trying to really focus on the shareholder. And now they're pointing to a possible worldwide recession. So they had different problems all around the world. But uh, in the last couple of weeks, volumes had uh, even, you know, slowed down greatly in the U.S. And uh, ultimately, it's just looking like a big way to uh, slow down their business. So we've got uh, they came out and said that they are doing fewer flights. They're parking airplanes. They're cutting employee hours. They're reducing Sunday delivery. Uh, they're closing 90 offices, uh, all because their, their EPS came in at uh, 344 uh, per share, and they were estimating $5.10 per share. So that is a massive, massive miss. So overall, very bad quarter, uh, especially on their projections. I think they even pulled their guidance going forward, uh, basically not knowing what the, the future is going to hold in this uh, recession talk. So uh, when we look at the chart here on uh, on Friday for FedEx, I kind of fast forwarded my, uh, my E-Trade here to UPS. They were down 21% on Friday alone. And uh, the, I think even Thursday was, was pretty rough also. And I go back to the five-day. Um, yeah, we were pre-market on Friday. We were about $205. We ended the day at $161.02. So down $43.85 a share. And I mean, that's we're used to seeing some of these moves in some of these high-flyer meme stock names that uh, just get crushed. 
But uh, we're not used to seeing that in some some big, well-established, profitable companies. So this one is definitely rough. It's definitely uh, a blow to a, a lot of people's portfolios out there. And, uh, you know, especially when you go back and look at it in uh, June, even uh, end of June, we were above 240. So this has been a huge fall of, uh, you know, about $80 in the matter of two and a half, call it three months now from the middle of June. So definitely something, you know, we really need to wrap our heads around, really see where they're going. A lot of different analysts are kind of reiterating that it's a buy. They lower their price targets, but uh, they still say that there is upside here. So we had uh, Cowan and Co. come out with a 230 buy. We had uh, a hold from BMO Capital uh, at 215 buy from Evercore ISI at 243. Uh, Wells Fargo came out with a buy at 199. So they're still saying this is all from the 16th. So this is two days ago. This was on Friday that they came out with these different price targets. So three buys, two holds, uh, without going too deep into the woods as to what everyone else said. But overall. Is it something we want to be looking at right now? And uh, for me, I don't know. It might be might be a little too early. I'm kind of worried about what uh, what management is saying. You know, they they made some calls last quarter. They raised the dividend, and normally that's a sign of a lot of strength. And then you know, three months later, come out with a lot of this weakness and problems. We're closing. We're parking planes. We're cutting hours. Uh, as a consumer. I don't know that I really like that. You know, I don't want to have my uh, my goods, you know, parked on a plane and not being moved. And if you're paying for a Sunday delivery, uh, you know, or overnight, you you want it there when it's going to be there or when you pay for it. So the the Sunday delivery, the cutting hours, uh, definitely worries me. And then the fact that they have all these different subcontractors uh, ultimately running different routes. If you have shipped anything in the past or you know that uh, FedEx will have multiple different trucks come through your area, they've got a ground delivery truck, they've got an express truck, they got this, that, the other. It doesn't really seem like the most feasible way to have a route. And uh, I've kind of seen that throughout business over time. So um, in my personal consumer experience, I'd have to lean towards UPS. Uh, it looks like they still have some upside as well. And I think with some of the pin action in FedEx, it brought UPS down, not nearly as much. It came down about 4.5% Friday versus that 21% for FedEx. And it uh, looks like there's still some upside ratings on UPS, about 17.5%. But uh, that PE on UPS is sitting right around 14.8. I believe FedEx was right around the same, believe it or not. Yeah, they were 14.1 right now. So you get a little bit more of a dividend from UPS. I do think that it might be a little bit overblown, this 21%. And uh, coming off that $80 since June, that's definitely a big uh, big pullback. But ultimately, we'll see where this one goes. I still think it's a little early for me. Uh, if I were going to bet on a swing trade, I would probably let it come down a little bit more, settle out Monday, Tuesday, maybe by Wednesday, and really wait for that rebound to see what things are going to do here. But uh, I would certainly have a stop loss in place and kind of protect yourself from any uh, potential further downside. These these large swings can certainly wipe out a lot of different portfolios really quick. So just be mindful of what you got going and uh, I guess really take a deeper look into what that macro picture is telling uh, FedEx and kind of everyone else as to what's going on out there. You know, can we really extrapolate any of this data to really show what's going on in the world? 
and really, you know, what's happening in real time. You know, these numbers from FedEx are more up to the minute. This is what happened in the last week. This is what happened in the last two weeks versus a CPI print that is, you know, hey, we're looking at last month or two months ago and we're revising it going forward. Uh, So some of these numbers from some of these different businesses that are coming out are a lot more up to date than what you're going to get in a CPI or PPI print from a month or two months back. So take all that into account when you're looking at what the world's doing, uh, how bad the fear is getting out there, and ultimately where we want to position ourselves going forward. And uh, just be mindful of what's out there because there's a lot of different hurdles that we're trying to jump over right now. All right. So, you know, what do we do from here? What what does that macro picture look like? And, you know, what do we do in a bear market uh, to ultimately set us up going forward? You know, I've, I've talked about this a lot. And this year has certainly given us an, a lot of opportunities to talk about what we do in a bear market. And uh, I think a lot of that, you know, stems from I've got seven different things here that uh, I really think we can do better uh, in order to really take advantage of the situation that we're in. Uh, So number one was uh, be a detective, right? We really want to understand what we're getting into when we're uh, trying to invest in uh, a bear market. And we really want to take all that into consideration before we ever buy anything or before we ever spend any money on a different stock, right? We've seen what happens with these high flyer names. We've seen what happens with uh, even companies like FedEx or different banks that uh, were doing a lot of different lending in the past that was kind of subprime, you know, things that weren't really going to work out well long term. So we really want to understand where these companies typically trade during a recession. We want to understand what companies are going to work and uh, ultimately set yourself up for a little bit of success, knowing that, uh, you know, things can get worse. And uh, if we really do enter a worldwide recession, uh, some names just are not names you want to be in. So take that into uh, account when you're doing some research. You would just want to kind of look at some of these different names individually, how they trade, what what it would mean for them to enter into a recession. Uh, so that leads me to number two. You know, you want to do all this research. We want to know that, uh, you know, what the human behavior is going to suggest, what people are going to sell out of. And we also want to understand what happens uh, historically, right? Kind of just said that in number one, but kind of, you know, fine tuning it in number two here. So we want to understand what the history of these companies does with the industry, with the sector. All of that means, you know, when we're looking into buying these names. So we really want to have that uh, that fine tooth comb out and uh, kind of dig through some of the different earnings, where that uh, those numbers went, how bad revenues or EPS dropped and really understand what is going to happen for this company when you enter a position or before you enter a position. You really want to know what's going on there. Uh, Number three, we had, uh, you know, you could always take the flip side of the trade. You know, I said you could short the uh, the market. You could, you know, get some uh, inverse ETFs. You could do a lot of different things to take advantage of it coming down. I think a lot of us probably look to be long in the market all the time. Uh, that flip side of the trade could certainly be fruitful as well. So look at all your options, understand how the market works, and uh, you know certainly look for other ways to make money while the market is going down because there's there's certainly multiple ways to make money through uh, through a market. And uh, number four, we've got uh, the bulk up 
uh, button here that we're going to lean on. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people get really fearful. They want to buy when there's a lot of euphoria. Things are going great. They got that fear of missing out. But uh, I think a lot of times we just forget that there are great companies out there. And, uh, you know, you, you're kind of a little bit fearful about putting more money in because everything's going down. But uh, as I've said before, I want a dollar cost average through some of this uh, this downturn in the market. Understand that food stocks, you know, consumer staples, things like that are going to survive. It's not a matter of uh, if or I mean, it's not a matter of if it's going to make it, you know, a name like Pepsi or Coke or, uh, you know, some of the different uh, Procter Gamble, things like that. They're going to be needed. Yes, it might be a little bit of pain right now, but we got to we got to look out, zoom out a little bit, see what's going to happen going forward and know that these companies are going to be fine. Uh, number five, uh, I think sometimes, as I said, in, in uh, number one and number two, when we're looking into some of these companies, we know that there are some small caps that are going to get destroyed. We also understand that some of them are the next Apple. They're the next Amazon. And uh, we really want to be able to take a little bit of risk if that's kind of your, your long-term goal in some of these small startups, IPOs, and uh, ultimately be able to make money when uh, the market does turn around. Because some of these companies do have the balance sheet. They've got the cash on hand. They, they can survive a, uh, a recession. They're going to do well. Uh, they're going to, you know, going forward, they're going to survive this, uh, this downturn in the economy and ultimately set themselves up going forward. So if we want to take a position in some of these different names, maybe not the most speculative, you know, um, meme stocks or anything like that, but really companies that are making products that you really believe in, they have a path to profitability. It's not some pie in the sky kind of fantasy world that they're living in. They make great products. They have a good company, you know, and they have a sound balance sheet. We want to look at all these different things for small cap companies to invest in when they have dropped this 70, 80% that we've seen out there. Uh, so if you're up for the risk, some small caps could certainly be huge winners long-term. You just have to know how to pick them and understanding that balance sheet and what they do is uh, going back to number two, that research part on these small caps could be huge for you. Uh, number six, and this kind of touches on all of these a little bit, is patience. Patience, right? We are looking to invest for years, not days, not weeks, not months. Um, that's really where we want to be. That's where I want to be as a long-term in, uh, investor, a dividend growth investor. I want to know that my companies are going to uh, be doing much better in years. Uh, as a company overall, we know they're going to have some hard times. We understand what's going on out there right now. We've done the research. We understand what is going to happen in a bear market. But overall, some of these companies are just set up for great things from, you know, management on down. And uh, we really want to be have that viewpoint of knowing that uh, the years away are going to be much better than this short time and all this fear, uh, uncertainty and doubt that's out there right now. So patience, guys, patience. we got to invest now to reap the benefits later while everyone else is uh, kind of got their head in their sand saying that, uh, you know, told you so, you guys are wrong. All this stock market thing is going to fall off a cliff. So that was uh, number six. Number seven, and uh, this one is the effort. This one is going to be, uh, you know, putting more time uh, or more time at work, at home, at your side hustle, 
into your research, put the time in, do the work, have the extra capital, uh, you know, have that extra side hustle going to bring in some more money in order to uh, get your stocks or your investments or your, your, you know, your debt paid down, everything else that uh, could be a problem. Put that extra time in now so you can invest a little bit more every month. And uh, or just be a little bit smarter every month, even if you got the you don't need a side hustle, whatever, whatever, you can definitely take that extra 15, 20 minutes a day to look in a little bit deeper into a stock before you click buy. Don't just buy because someone is telling you to do so. Don't buy because I said something or YouTube said something or, you know, someone on TV or your coworker or whoever, you know, do your own research. You got no one else to blame if you do your own research and you're wrong versus just taking some recommendation that you hear on the street. So certainly put in the time and, uh, you know, definitely take the effort to do a little bit more to set yourself up for greatness. And uh, I did want to say with all this uh, in mind, I normally don't really total up my dividends on a monthly basis. But uh, I guess for a little bit of, uh, you know, psychological boost here, I went ahead and did it. Over the last month, I had, I don't know, probably about 15 companies that paid me dividends. And I'm trying to wrap my head around the fact of how much money gets put back in automatically back into these companies month over month uh, to where I'm going to be in a better place, knowing that I put in a, a little bit of extra time, money, effort right now. Going forward, this will definitely help me in buying these companies at a discount through the dividend uh, reinvestment program or DRIP is ultimately a set it and forget it way for me to add money to these companies while I'm asleep. You know, most of these get paid out at like three, four in the morning. So this past month, um, and this is not a brag, it's not a boast, anything else like that. I know people are doing better than me. I know people are just starting out. Uh, but from August 16th to September 17th, I had $1,058.37 uh, in dividends to repurchase these about 15, 16 names here while I slept. And for me, knowing that I'm buying them while they are at a cheaper value, cheaper stock price, means that I get to buy more of them, meaning I get more dividends, you know, in the next three months in these same names. So it's just going to compound. It's going to be a, uh, a reminder that going forward, I'm getting more money because I am putting in money now at a cheaper valuation. So definitely look at... Uh, you know, some great names at a discount in order to get that higher starting dividend yield, which is ultimately going to pay you going forward. And uh, whether you need the cash now, you want to get the uh, the dividends right to your cash account, you can do that. But uh, for me, I go ahead and uh, do the dividend reinvestment on most stocks. I will say there are some high yielders that I don't really want to invest any more into. So I take that as cash and then I can reinvest it where I see fit at that time. But uh, for most of them, like I said, right back into the company, keep on buying, compounding value. I buy more stocks with the dividends. Those, you know, more stocks pay for more dividends. It just rinse and repeat. I don't even have to look at it. It's just an easy way for uh, your money to keep on printing more money and ultimately have that money loop coming in to where you can just continually buy more stuff and let it sit. None of these stocks owe me anything. They are just going to keep on uh, printing money. And ultimately, I have nothing to do with them. Uh, I mean, I definitely watch them, but uh, I, I'm not looking to really trade or sell them off right now. So they're just long-term investments. Uh, most of them are very easy names that are paying me monthly. 
Uh, just a, a quick recap of what it is. I've got L3 Harris, McDonald's, Home Depot, Chevron, Marathon Petroleum, uh, Microsoft, Johnson & Johnson, Enbridge, Visa, Arbor Realty, Citigroup, Starbucks, Cat, AbbVie. That paid me this month. So all of these names, they're pretty well diversified here. We've got some uh, defense names, got some consumer staples, building materials, energy, a little bit of tech. Uh, so a lot of different things that are paying me month over month. And uh, ultimately, that's where I want to be. I want to have these companies that continually pay me out and uh, know that I have some money coming in and the dividends are growing. So that's another uh, avenue of trying to get paid more from these companies. So with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the investing challenge. We are on, what are we on? Uh, I don't even have my notes. We're on week 39. We uh, we do have the results from week 38. We're going to talk week 39 and what, what we're going to be investing in for the end of the year, ultimately for some stocks that I think could run into the uh, holidays, end of the year timeframe. So stick around. I'll be right back. All right. We are back here for a little bit more on what is uh, going on out there. A couple different plays that I think might be working for the end of the year and uh, some some different growth stocks that uh, have been trading too low, some just different plays that might, you know, make us some money while uh, some other things are not working. Uh, so, you know, going into uh, that, we do have the results from week 38 from the investing challenge. We had uh, five different stocks. One that I uh, thought might work, but I'm glad we are not buying it, is uh, DR Horton, is uh, ticker DHI. And uh, with uh, that CPI print and uh, some more rate hikes on the way, we do get uh, another meeting this week as to what the Fed is going to be doing. I'm anticipating 75 basis points. And, uh, you know, it's still that hawkish tone as to we're still fighting this out. You know, the, the rent and food prices that are continuing to rise. I think we're going to hear some more possible uh, hawkish tone, more potential rate hikes going forward. And uh, that makes it a rough time to buy the home builder stocks. I would probably still wait until that starts to ease, uh, maybe roll into that position then. Uh, so that is number one, uh, DHI, DR Horton. Number two was Starbucks. We heard that uh, the plans for growth, I think it was 5,000 new stores in China over the next three years. I believe the number was one new store every nine hours. Uh, so don't quote me on that. I think it was 5,000. I might be wrong. But uh, yeah, Starbucks. We've got uh, all the different things going on with uh New drinks coming out, new plans for growth, all the different ways, new CFO or, or CEO rather, and uh, a lot of different uh, drivers for growth there. I can't talk. And uh, a lot of different things coming out with Starbucks. They did have a nice rally this week, and uh, they they certainly deserve it with some of the different things going on over there. Uh, number three was uh, Capital One Financial. Uh, as uh, investment banks go, they or not being an investment bank in a recession tends to be a better uh, play. Having the regional banks a little less of that investment bank exposure certainly does help. And uh, with rates going up, they do tend to make more money. Uh, flip side of that is when uh, a recession is going to hit, not as many people are going to be borrowing. There's not going to be as much money out there. So there's that fine line of uh, in that sweet spot of having higher interest rates, but also not entering a recession. So that was number three, Capital One Financial. Number four was AMD. Uh, we all kind of know what's going on with the chip space, building more factories here, you know, just high demand for different chips. And uh, yes, the laptop sales did fall off. Yes, some of the, uh, you know, mining for crypto did fall off. 
Uh, some of the demand around the world is slowing, but uh, I still do think it is one of the best uh, chip makers that is out there. Uh, so that was AMD, and uh, I did think we could get a turnaround there. Number five was Ethereum. The merge did complete this week, and uh, it looks like people wanted to sell that news, and it did drop into the 1400. So Ethereum is down. Uh, I did buy some more personally, but that is not what we are buying for the investing challenge over there on uh, the Facebook page for Let It Grow Investing. Uh, need your votes weekly to uh, pick what we are going to be buying for the investing challenge. And uh, so if you're not in the group, go ahead and join up. Links in the description. And this week we are going to be buying Starbucks. The ticker is SBUX. And uh, I'm happy with that one. Yes, it ran a little bit this week, but uh, definitely one that I think we see the growth going forward. They've got those rising uh, dividend payments. And uh, the, the stock has been doing okay. Um, short term, we did have a bit of a sell-off going back a little bit over some of the problems with uh, labor, with uh, you know employment agreements, looking to unionize, uh, CEO problems, different things. But I think a lot of that is getting straightened out. So right now, there's only about a 5.8% of upside priced in. Uh, we've got uh, the most three recent ratings were all holds. Uh, I think some of those already anticipated some of this uh, this run up in price. And now they have the price targets right around where the stock is trading right now. We're at 91 and these three hold ratings are at 92, 96, 93. But, uh, you know, right before that, we had a buy rating at 110 and a buy rating at 100. So upside is a little bit minimal, but uh, they do have some drivers for growth going forward when we zoom out that uh, the next three years. And, uh, you know, some of the different lock, uh, lockdowns in China are going to be hopefully lifted, re, re, uh, relaxed a bit, and then ultimately we'll see where we go from there. So we will we'll be buying Starbucks. That's in the Webull portfolio where we are buying fractional shares, uh, and we're doing this all year. So stick around and see how this uh, portfolio does for the rest of 2022. $200 a week of my own money is going into this portfolio. Uh, so we are certainly climbing up there. Uh, the portfolio has done a little worse this week. We have, I think we started the week minus seven and now we are at like minus 12. But a uh, quick reminder, we were down about minus 20, minus 25 at one point there with uh, everything being sold off. But we bought those dips. We cut these losses down. And uh, I hopefully do think that we are going to be on a rebound after some of these uh, uh, inflation peak or inf inflation fears do peak and we're ultimately going to start seeing some things start rebounding and uh, that's why I continue to buy uh, one that's uh, just kind of the way that this portfolio is set up but two I do have a uh, a strong feeling that we're going to start seeing this market turn at some point in the next few months so with that being said I've got uh, five stocks for this week uh, we are on week 39. We are getting closer and closer to the end of the year here. And uh, a couple of these are uh, stocks that have just traded too low or they're at a yearly low. Some of them I do think are going to serve us better going into the end of the year. Um, so that's kind of my thesis right now on these five stocks. So the first one, uh, I did highlight it back, uh, I think about two weeks ago on the Let It Grow Investing page, uh, a about a company that was doing a lot of different dividend raises over the last year. And that name was Coterra Energy. And uh, one that's going to fly under the radar, but uh, ultimately one that 
I think should serve us well with a lot of the, the natural gas crisis in Europe. Uh, they are going to be about 50% oil and gas and then 50% of uh, natural gas. So a little bit of a mixed bag there in this energy stock and one that certainly should do well uh, with some of these problems going on around the world. They've got about 26% uh, of upside from the analysts. We're trading at an 8.6 times PE. Uh, I know that can get cut down. It is pretty low though. Uh, and we also have about a 6.8% current dividend yield. So this one, uh, about 30, what, 30, let me do the math here, 6.8, 26, yeah, 33-ish percent of upside going forward within the next year, according to 13 analysts, including that dividend. Uh, and just having that uh, that tied to natural gas right now, I do think that one could certainly serve us well uh, going forward with all the worldwide you know energy crisis that's going on out there. So that's the first one, Cotera, CTRA, and going into heating season, I do think that this is going to uh, have some more demand. And also having oil prices fall for some 90 days now, I do think we're getting out of the lower price. And uh, going into the winter, I do think that we're going to see some of these prices uh, move back up. So uh, that being said, number two, it is closely tied to that stock that I was talking about first thing this episode. Uh, the stock we were talking about, of course, was FedEx. And now for number two, we are looking at UPS. And uh, as some of the demand ramps up for uh, the holiday season, I've always seen uh, UPS tends to run up uh, with that end of year demand. And they are normally swamped. And the, the prices tend to reflect that in the stock as well. So if we get on this one before the rest of the, uh, the crowd does, uh, they normally start buying this one heavily in that November or late October to uh, November timeframe. I've seen this one run up year after year. And uh, it could be a trade for you. It could be a good long for you. But uh, UPS should be one that does serve us well. Currently about a 17.5% of upside, about 3.3% of current uh, dividend. So right over 20% of upside potential over the next year, uh, according to the analysts. We're trading at a 14.8. Uh, PE, so definitely at a uh, a decent PE right there, and the beta is at a 0.8, so definitely uh, a little bit less risky, and uh, it's also getting some of that pin action from FedEx having all these bad pre-announcements and uh, a bad quarter. So I do think that we're buying it a little bit cheaper than than ultimately where it was or where it should be, and then we're going to have these drivers going into the holiday season for more demand, uh, more shipping. And we still have a strong consumer out there. So I do think that this one should do well uh, going into the end of the year. Um, now, number three, also a holiday stock. I'm looking at uh, Hasbro, the uh, the game company that is going to be responsible for uh, Magic the Gathering, Nerf, My Little Pony, Transformers, Play-Doh, Monopoly, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Power Rangers, Peppa Pig, PJ Masks. They've got all those different names. They are going to be uh, paying out about a 3.5% dividend, trading a little bit higher at a, a PE of 20 times. But uh, we do see, a, again, a strong demand for these games going into the holidays. We've also got about a 24% upside from analysts. So about 27% upside, you know, including that dividend going forward. And uh, I think we're buying it at the right time, right before that holiday season really kicks off. 
Uh, I was in Lowe's the other day. I did start seeing them setting up Christmas trees and Christmas decorations, which is pretty early as far as I'm concerned, but it's definitely out there. Uh, so then uh, going forward, we've got two uh, growth stocks that are not your typical growth stocks. When I think typical growth stocks, I'm thinking negative earnings, uh, you know, stocks like uh, DraftKings or or Neo, stocks that are really looking to, you know, have those growth drivers. But these two are are massive names that I think could do well, that are trading at a uh, a nice PE compared to where they normally trade, and uh, they're at that yearly low. So this first one is, uh, I'm sure, one that we've added before. Yeah, we added this one back in week 21. Uh, and now I do think it's at a yearly low, and I, I do think that we're going to get some more growth out of this one. And that name is Google. Uh, or Alphabet, I should say. The the ticker on this one that I add to is G-O-O-G-L. And we are at a yearly low. So we are uh, hit that low on the, well, it says the 18th, which is today. But uh, we closed the market at uh, 102.80 on Friday. And uh, that, that low for the year is at sitting at 194, which I'm not too sure because that says it's today. But the market is closed. But uh, that high was at a 151 back in February. Uh, my thought here is we've got a lot of different products coming out from Google, from the, the earbuds to the watches to new phones. And uh, we've also got uh, a strong advertising uh, presence around the holidays as well. So I think Google should uh, benefit off of that. Uh, as you know, they've also got the, the different products with YouTube. Uh, I keep seeing them push more uh, storage for all your, your your Gmail accounts, your Google accounts, and you're getting you know different monthly subscription prices built into that as well, which I think will certainly further their um, uh, investor or their customer base, and also certainly help their investors by way of having that uh, that recurring revenue subscription model into the business. And uh, 31 different analysts agree with me here. We've got about 39% of upside on Google right now or on Alphabet for an average price target of 142.90. And uh, we are also trading at a PE that is uh, at 19, which is remarkably cheap for Google. We normally do not see these types of uh, PEs on some of these large uh, growth stocks or you know the big tech stocks. Yes, there are some risks. I understand that. But I do think that overall buying it now will certainly set us up for some future gains. And uh, it's just one that I do have a, a great feeling for long term. So I do not mind buying it, especially at that low PE and at a yearly low uh, on that stock price. Uh, and then number five, you know, we've uh, we started the year with this one. I'm trying to see if it doesn't uh, bottom here soon. And this one is NVIDIA. And we've seen all the different sell-off in uh, NVIDIA due to uh, the U.S. saying that we can't, uh, that NVIDIA can't sell chips to China. We've seen some of the different uh, drivers from crypto mining slow down with Ethereum uh, not being mined anymore. It's that uh, proof-of-stake model. And now, where do we go from here? We definitely still see some mining in a lot of the different altcoins. Uh, we have that slowdown in gaming, but I do have a feeling that that will turn around. Uh, we've got a lot of the different AI and a lot of the different tech software that they are still number one in, in my opinion. And uh, one that I just think is way too cheap, also trading at a yearly low. Uh, it hit uh, 126 
17, according to this, which was today. Uh, but it did close the out Friday at 131.98. Uh, so definitely at that yearly low, we came off of uh, the yearly high back in November at 346.47. So this one has certainly been punished on some of these uh, these fears that are a little bit overblown in my mind. It is trading at a 42 times uh, PE multiple. Analysts do say that this one has about 56.5% of upside. So uh, average price target at 206. And as I said, we're trading at 132 right now. So certainly one that has a, a lot of upside, a lot of different drivers for growth going forward. Uh, I do think a lot of these fears right now have brought this one down. I do think it's a little bit overblown. And uh, a lot of these different analysts agree with me as well. So that being said, that's uh, that's the fire for this week. We've got uh, Coterra Energy. We've got UPS. We've got Hasbro, Google or Alphabet and uh, NVIDIA. So get over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. The link is in the description. If you're not over there, Go ahead and uh, click the link and uh, get over there. Get uh, uh, joined up to the group and uh, get voted. Please, uh, if you got something to share over there, any kind of news that's uh, newsworthy to the group, please feel free to do so. And uh, with that said, that's what I got for you today. So thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for stopping by. And I will catch you guys in the next one. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.